0: Listen, if you're good to go, I'm good to go. I'm excited to celebrate you today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm ready to rock. All right, cool. Well, welcome one and all to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Um, I am really just overwhelmed by not only being on season six, but also uh, the Road to 100 episode. So Um, It's really exciting that we're hitting that. Uh, This season, we would have uh, spoken to 100 Black people um, from all across advertising, marketing, and PR. So it's truly exciting and definitely want to thank um, the 32,000 listeners across all streaming platforms that have tuned in. You know, on today's show, we have, um, I think, um, you know, a gentleman who has certainly been at the forefront of uh, um, not only uh, leading so many different initiatives with various different brands, um, such as Foot Locker, Puma, Netflix, uh, all of the big names that you could think about. I mean, Beyonce talks about she may be the next Bill Gates in the making, and this guy has actually worked with Bill and Melinda Gates mm-hmm. Foundation. So it's really, really exciting, but has also led a ton of work in the DE, DE&I space as well so nate welcome to a dose of black joy and caffeine how are you doing
1: i'm doing groovy real real groovy man it's really beautiful to hear you're on your journey to to 100 black folks um and this is just an amazing amazing space that you've created for all of us but i just love to see you love yourself so much that you give yourself the space in your workday in your non-work days whenever you can to like do this show so I just want to pass it back to you real quick because it's really special to witness.
0: Oh thank you so much. Passing the mic to you know passing the mic to okay. me. Um so for the people <laughs> listening at home tell them a little bit about yourself.
1: Oof um my name is Nate Nichols and wow uh originally I'm a little black boy from Connecticut. Uh parents were immigrant Jamaicans, dad was an immigrant Haitian. I uh, never met him a day in my life. Decided to um, bolster my self-expression because I thought it was being dampened and sort of suffocated a lot of my childhood and teenagehood and just not feeling like there was a, a safe place for me to feel expressed. Um, so I really just put my gas, my foot on the gas when it came to being a creative. Um, and so it's, I've been designing as a creative and a creative entrepreneur since I was like 15. Yeah. Um I worked with a clothing line by the time I was 17, was at the Magic, the world's largest trade show um, by 18. And then I went to art school um, in Philadelphia. <laughs> Excuse me. And that's where I got my degree in design. Um, I started my real entrepreneurial career, which uh, has me here today, to your point of working with some of the world's greatest entertainment media sports um retail and footwear brands on 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 the globe
0: at what point of your life i mean you mentioned 15 did you realize i am really good at this
1: i never thought i was good at it actually Mm. i don't think i'm good at it now Mm. (laughs) i think i think that this that you may be talking about is design and being a creative yeah i think from an execution perspective there are creatives out there that their craft is just so refined and so special and just so daring and bold and just intuitively them um that i don't think i ever could access a level of creative expression that people with pure craft and by craft i mean like you know the the insecures of the world. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a there's a fine craft to Issa's writing and the way you know Donald O'Grover approaches surrealism with such craft because the body of work and experience and intuition and what he embodies as an individual is just so present and rich. And they had talked about Beyonce, the safe space to support their like full expression. I don't think I was ever really great at fully expressing as a as a creative. I just think that I've just been like rebel and rage against the machine to 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 facilitate creative I think I understand them at a high capacity I think yeah. they and I communicate at a, a different frequency which allows me to like support them and direct them and like build a platform and be a platform for them in a way that like we can we can work and collaborate to design a craft that no one has felt or seen before
0: yeah do you feel like that is based on like sometimes brand restrictions? Because, you know, for those of you listening, Nate is the founder of Palette Group, which he, you do work with a lot of brands. And you mentioned the people like, you know, the Issa Rays of the world or, you know, Donald Glover um, and Beyonce, but they're also functioning as their own entity a little bit, you know, but you're mm-hmm. still functioning as an agency working with brands. So do you think that some of what you mentioned is because of, you know, the, the brand restrictions and like roadblocks that you face?
1: it's funny i think uh i think so i think it is a reaction to roadblocks and being like i don't feel comfortable here yeah right the idea of F- palette group and why i was founded was to be an expression point for creatives with a craft like an artist palette is just a mechanism it's a platform for the color swatches you know that that create the emotion that create the experience that like the audience get to, to see and mm-hmm. so like we sit between the brand you know, in in ensuring the creatives that we get to collaborate with have the safest space to like be their whole selves and play as much as they possibly can within the guardrails that are that we think, you know, may make sense from the brands um, that provided to us. So like we take the guardrails and we sort of seal them out and be like, all right, which ones do we want to deliver and how do you want to shape it to communicate to the creatives to make sure the team has what they need to do their best on you know a film production a photo shoot uh, a short film a documentary series a pilot show like it's the 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 ability to create is just so uh beautiful and I just want to honor the humans as much as I can in the process and that's like what pilot group's about
0: yeah I love that you know if I could just Put a mirror up to you for a little bit. You know, I'm obviously going to give you your flowers on here, but I know that you mentioned that. But I, what I instantly notice, I think, especially as I, you know, I do research on all the guests before they come on the show, is that I feel like you have a design aesthetic that is so true to you. Like not only by the way that, like, how you personally carry yourself and dress, but also like when I go to allyship in action, the way that I don't know if that's your hand. I don't know if that's like your brainchild and like, you know, in terms of like the overall aesthetic. And then when you sent over your bio, like the color on it and the typography that you selected, I felt like that was an aesthetic. Um, So to that point, what if if there's a through line and you had to call out or put a name to the aesthetic that you've created around, you know, how you put your magic touch on things, what would you describe your design aesthetic as?
1: (laughs) That's a fire question. I'm really happy you asked that question, actually. Like, the inner six-year-old in me is like, whoa, he's asking me what my favorite color is. <laughs> like, really
0: professional. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm going a little bit beyond your favorite color, but, like, I mean, <laughs> I think that there's, like, a distinct aesthetic through, like, everything. Like, the, the typeface on the bio, I feel like it was, like, a type typewriter thing. Ally and allyship had this flag, and then palette group has, like, this nice, like, dark color. But I think if I was to it put it in like a palette and look at everything from like a mood board vision board standpoint i'd be like this is nate
1: yeah well i appreciate that and i think there's something to say about analog and um just paying you know homage to like we are on these digital platforms but there was there was a day without them and um it's like my way of like i think introducing you know you know, uh, Virgil, Virgil Abloh had like this concept of like, when I design a sneaker, or design a thing, it's like, I'm going to take things away. Like, I'm going to go to the thing and I'm going to subtract three or four things. In my brain, if you take that sort of creative um, dissertation, if you were to look at the, the design aesthetic and the ethos of palette group, it's like, if we took away the business and the creativity of like photography and like, photo and copy and out of home like you know what are the parts of it that like feel dynamic and like have a um have a texture to them and i think about like the static of a tv like it has texture that reminds you and takes you someplace and it it brings you someplace and like the rgb like it brings you someplace it's like it may take you to vhs it may take you to the 90s it may take you somewhere but like to to strip back like where you are now and to like bring you to a new experience where you can feel something different. For Allyship in Action, that approach was like, how do we collab, like Amy Broadbeck is the creative director of uh, Allyship in Action, by the way. And, and in collaborating with her, it was like, how do we make this feel more dynamic and give de and a new feeling? Like, how do we get people to pay attention to DE&I and make it feel radical and make it feel like more provocative? Yeah. And I think the analog, Sort of does that, like it 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 like pushes against your your brain. You're like, wait, but I'm on the internet and it's 2023, but my website. The feeling is like, wait, where are we going? We're going back to a different time, and it it challenges you a bit. And I think we're into that, like, challenging the status quo through like very very intentional craft. Um, and I'll say like for even my wardrobe, like I don't think of an outfit every day. I I just happened to start wearing bandanas around my neck, and now I have a collection of bandanas, and it wasn't like. It was this natural progression. Um, and I will say it, it was never, there was never like a sit-down in my brain of like, here's the creative direction, the palette group, and all these things. It was more like a refinement of the uh the brand and the entity and the idea of how we can scale an agency and a production company. And me as a person, like, how do I refine my expression in time? And that's sort of what we're doing is refining the expression with the people that come along the way. And so like a lot of what you see and feel now is not a direct reflection of me. It's, the, it's a reflection of the beautiful people I keep around me, like, like Steffi, my life partner, Adem kwakume like Amy broadbeck Bennett Bennett. There's all these humans that are a part of the palette that make up the ecosystem of like what the experience is. And so you're feeling not just me, you're feeling a community of people.
0: I love that. Beautifully said. Well, I mean, I think overall, honestly, seriously, it's just, it's it's out of this world. Um, and even thinking of things, you know, out, out of this world, if you were ever stranded on Mars and you could only take the discography of three black music artists to listen to while you were on Mars, which three black music artists would you want to take the entire discography for? (laughs)
1: I've been knocking like crazy. The new Bakar album, um, he's a British based brother originally from Nigeria um, and he just has this like just these bangers on his new album, Free Mission. Okay. Um one of his verses is like, I'll oh, ever wanna what's some nepotism? And it's like this like clean bar on like I just want my kids to have some nepotism. And I'm like, Yeah, that's why we out here. We're <laughs> out here for that. Um uh that's one.
0: Okay.
1: Bob Marley, just like hmm. because of what he represents. And like my personal identity, um, and being rooted like being Jamaican is like my tribe. I may not know where I come from in Africa, but I know where I come from in my diaspora and, um, uh, tribe, and that's Jamaica. So I identify. And then, um, this is a funny one, but Childish Gambino released an album in 2020. I think it was like March, April. I don't even remember the name of it just a bunch of digits and I just, just like
0: I, I may have illegally downloaded oops because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the rollout was so clean I remember I think that's yeah. what just like launched the website for and then you yeah. can listen to it on there right or yeah. yeah
1: and it was just like an experience you know it was just something to it to be like ooh, this is an experience for me yes you know and I just love that like he loved himself enough to like make an album just for himself but like for a bunch of other people too
0: yeah that album is um actually very very like slept on i believe mm-hmm. even because that's the one where it's called like like track th- like oh, it's like track one track two track yes. three, there's they no names for random
1: they just yeah them yeah did. it was
0: like track 80 eighty-nine. yeah it was exactly Art. exactly what you said okay so we'll take that um all right those those are three solid solid music artists so cool Uh, So I want to share with you too, you know, I always bring guests on to obviously share their beautiful creative journeys and their career journeys with the the listeners, but just something to share with you. I recently been reading uh, the book for the culture by Dr. Marcus Collins. Um, and you know, to that point, what I'm realizing as I'm reading the book is all of the things that are truly missing from culture. You know, as we call it, sometimes people think that, oh, yeah, I'm for the culture, I'm living by the culture, like you know, I'm doing all these things. And then you read the book, and I'm like, oh, wow, we have we may have took a step back. If you could give a dose of anything for the culture or to the culture, what would you like to give the culture a dose of? Mm. I
1: think bell hooks. A Dose of Bell Hooks, like okay. her, her literary career is just so potent and clear and contemporary and just refreshing, mm-hmm. just so refreshing to just hear how beautiful Black people were when we were in our own communities loving and supporting each other. Like you, you hear this narrative, but then you just don't know where to like find it in its full richness. And then you walk on Tompkins Ave, you know, in Best like on a Sunday, and you see it and you feel the richness of it. You go to Atlanta, or you go to NBA All Star Week, and it's like, I think a dose of like us fully expressed at our our most with joyous, you know what I mean, spaces, even like professionally. I think just like getting a dose of that. And so people can see how like how far we rock and how happy we are when we rock as far as we can get, you know, in the C suite as leaders of of as you know, entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs, like activists, like just in general, like just sharing how dope our blackness is, um, and being able to like tie it back to like beautiful literary words that like bell hooks are saying about communities before segregation, like integration, excuse me, um, we just were more bolder, we were more our our whole selves, right? There was nobody, like, left behind or, um, you know, a troubled child, you know what I mean, or, like, disadvantaged. We were all just, like, in the same classroom, learning the same thing and being as productive as we could together, and there was no different. And we can still achieve that. If we find the right pockets and the right communities and circles of concentrations to support each other and you can see and feel that popping up all around so I just wish everyone can find a dose of like a very concentrated group and community of, of thriving, happy black people.
0: I love it. I love it. We'll take that. Listen, we'll take that dose for sure. And I think that what you've really been about is people thriving, creatives thriving, creating a safe space for creatives to thrive. You know, you mentioned that after two years in corporate America, you realized that I guess it was time for you to go in order to be able to flourish. Um, And I wanted, I would love to just dig in a little deeper to understand what was the exact scenario and or moment that that you realized that?
1: I realized it I was homeless, living in a warehouse on a mattress, and like overweight. And I was walking to the gym to take a shower every day in my mid-20s. And I'm like, my friends don't don't live this life. And it was just like this weird moment of like, I am like toxically optimistic to my detriment. You know, like I I'm happy. Like, no one can tell me anything while I was existing in a warehouse, but I just knew that, like, there was something more. Like, I should not be this broke for the amount of hours I put in in learning how to navigate social media marketing, website development, and design. Like, I put the hours in, I put the money. I had like $150,000 of student loan debt that I racked up. Like, I did everything everyone said. And I was just like, I'm homeless. But then I realized that I, the people that were supporting me um, really didn't understand the context of me fully. And if they did know the context of me fully, they would have supported me differently. They would have made sure I had a roof over my head. They would have made sure I had the right enough money to like have a proper salary. And I didn't feel comfortable enough going back to those people to be as fully transparent as I am with you today. Mm-hmm. Right? And I have been in the past 10 years. And so once I realized how unsafe I was, I was like, "Well, it's time to take my safety into my own hands." Like I've been doing since I have been born. Yeah, since I have been born.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, yeah. and so Survivor Nate kicked on and was like, "All right, new level time." And Palette Group was founded. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That was 2015, and it was just like, "Let's keep running."
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is the best way that you think there? And also, I appreciate you sharing that story for sure. That's my first time hearing it myself. So mm. uh, that is that is um, uh, very dynamic, I think, in the the nature of, you know, what you faced and also, you know, your background and where you come from. I, I hate to that, that we have to get to that point, you know what I mean? To where I think that for myself, right. I personally, but, but I personally have been in a place to where it was like. I realized I wanted to start making shifts and moments before I landed in a particular spot. This ain't it. There's, there's, you know what I mean? Me yeah, yeah, yeah. being like, there are bigger, there, there are bigger things and uh, issues that I, I have dealt with that I'm just like, okay, you know? Um. Yes. So, so you fi- find uh the palette group and you talked a little bit about that, but I think it's a, a beautiful name just to, Dive more into it because I don't want to assume. What what does that mean, palette? Are 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 you referring to painting the world uh, through creativity, or is did? I, and also too, I don't want to uh, whitewash by any means. Let me not say that. Uh, you know what you're thinking, but what does palette group mean?
1: Uh, I think it, it it was an expression of um, just again saying that we enjoy and respect and paying homage to like craft without literally saying it. You know mm. what I mean? Like, how do we say things without saying it and give give a narrative? You know, even to the name. Like, how do you create art in a name? And so, palette is is because I was on an airplane in Paris for the first time, and art was, you know, the term art has been colonized and like it is commercialized by <laughs> you know Europe. And so, I was going to you know Mecca. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, I was just in my art bag and I was like, ooh, this feels right. Something feels right about like even the logo is meant to be like two swat like paint swatches, like sticks, excuse mm-hmm. me, brushes. In the the circle is meant to be like a swatch, just like light, like and I don't ever say it out loud, you'll never see it or read it anywhere, but it's just like a very light homage to like art and craft and how we'll always respect it. We'll always honor the craft as much as we can. Um and yeah, that was like on a flight to Paris and it was like my first, first class flight. I had a, a buddy pass and my homie worked for Delta and she had upgraded me and I was just like sipping whiskeys, just like concepting. <laughs> first first time leaving America, going yeah. to Europe, like on Paris. And I was just like, I already had I already had written in a journal. I'll do that. Like I, this is going to be the hardest chapter of my life. This hmm. decision of leaving the company that I'm at right now and starting this company is going to be the hardest chapter of my life. And yeah, I just made that decision, founded it uh, in 2015. And we started doing social media marketing and creative for a local gym. And then we also took some of the clients from the old company. So I wound up um, acquiring all the business from the past company that I had built over the past two and a half
0: years. I love that. Beautifully said. Um, and uh, yeah, trust me, if I was in first class uh, headed to Paris, I, I would have came up with something like that too. But you know. Um, I think that that's amazing. Have you ever been in a creative rut, I guess, like a creative funk that you just felt like you could not get out of? Yes. My question to you is, what does it take or how can someone motivate a creative like you to get out of that and to be able to create?
1: Oh, you can't. You just got to support them through it. You got to ask them what they need. What they can't need. force anybody out of a rut, you know, like they're they're in that experience for a reason. And the only thing you can do is be with them and sit with them and really like try to understand what they're going through. And if you can't, then like maybe you just they just need the space, you know, you don't know what's going through their body, like, and what's going through them. And I don't know it's 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 a hard it's a challenging question to ask. um but I think creators in time, like Dolly, he would like this guy was insane he would he would have a a spoon he sharpened and he would just stay awake and just have this pointy spoon on his finger and like that's how he would he would just like motivate himself and just stay awake for hours and that's like the extreme um somewhere in between you can choose to use ai or not like i find it extremely like Inspiring and like motivating, like I, I don't use the things, but it helps me inspire others and like shape dialogue and frameworks. So I think that is an awesome tool for me personally. um But when someone else is in a creative rut, and you know my responsibility is to support them as a as a creative leader, I normally just kind of like try to sit with them and and hear what's going on if they, if they feel comfortable enough sharing and like because usually it's something that has nothing to do with their job, right? It's something
0: going on in their life yeah yeah definitely I really appreciate that do you have any personal motivational quotes or quotes that you live and or you know kind of stand by or that you repeat um that you know you have used throughout the years I would love to hear any of them
1: so when I'm in we're in capability sessions um there's a there's one that I, I live by that my first mentor when I was 18 in Philly um, taught me taught me a couple But my favorite is, um, you know, who you are should be so loud, you don't have to say a thing. And like, I just just love it. I'm like, cool. I'm just walking into every room. And that's what I'm doing. Now, what about
0: for a Black brother like me, that naturally me being loud is who I am? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all gonna know I'm here, mother... (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's still fine too that's still fine too you know it's like however however you feel but I think finding that pocket you know someone once said to me recently they were like you feel you feel like you're in control and it was like it was like another leader of another company and I was like you know it's funny that he said that because when I first met him I didn't feel that way I felt like I didn't have any control and I wasn't safe Mm. and I couldn't be my whole self in spaces and so like three years later to experience this man in a different context and be like as I'm like walking in this whole house past him <laughs> you know and he's like oh yeah bro like where you're at right now you feel like you're in control and it's dope mm. and I was like mm. Mm. doubling back to my mentor's quote it's like who
0: you are should be so loud you don't have to say a thing. Yeah. I love that. I certainly feel that with you for sure. So uh, you have you have embraced it. You know what I mean. Um, and that's 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 awesome. Do you care to sh- share your mentor's name or? Oh yeah, Casey, 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 Casey Snyder. Yeah, I like um, to give their flowers. Mm-hmm.
1: He also said, uh, "How you how you do anything is how you do everything." I thought it was lovely, and then my other favorite uh, is time either promotes you or exposes you.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I may need to meet, meet him. Um, <laughs> we definitely. We can definitely roll with all those. So I appreciate you sharing them. You know, I always like to tell people listening that on a dose of black joy and caffeine, I have people that listen that just enter the industry from people that are looking to be allies uh, or and or uh, C-suite executives and even people that are potentially looking for agencies. But for anyone that is looking for an agency, can you talk more about the capabilities of what you and your company do? And then also too, what's the best way for people to reach you? Sure.
1: I think the best way to talk about our capabilities is to share that like we're cooking up, you know, we're cooking up a global brand's first ever short film um we're cooking up a global brand's first pilot docu series right. um we're, we're constantly cooking up with Puma on their um global digital social out of home retail um and just setting new standards and new new standards on production new standards on like visual aesthetics as well like literally shifting Puma's uh, aesthetic nice um and, you know, we're doing some like groundbreaking work with communities and experiences and activations like NASCAR and Bubba's Block Party, like NASCAR trying to figure out how to navigate, intru- introducing their brand to a community that knows straight up that their core audience doesn't like them. Mm. How do we do that? and having the privilege to be able to be in that space and design an intimate moment where this brand can finally accept this community in a way that's beautiful, nourishing, and healing for everybody.
0: Yeah. I, I know, feel like, like I should things. be a NASCAR fan. Like, it's just, <sighs> it's my lane. I mean, you know, after I saw Talladega Nights, I got to be honest, like,
1: that
0: just there, man. Um F1 is hot right now, too. F1 is super hot. I think everyone in America is like, F1 now which is cute yeah man. yeah 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 yeah, cute. yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, I remember going to the first F1 that I went to it was in Austin Texas actually mm-hmm. um and um I mean I was hooked then but it was also the only reason why I went is because it was connected to an art show So yeah, it's something to be said about stuff that's happening like around those events. Then you're Mm -hmm. able to like grabbing the attention of other people because I would have never knew about F1 unless Mm. it was really for that art show, you know?
1: Yeah, and you can. It looks like there's a a black culture coming along with like the novelty of this new sport coming to America. Like black culture is taking on to it Mm -hmm. and sort of taking up space in it, which is really interesting too. I don't know if you've been noticing that but it's really cool to like here you've gone and like see and feel that and so yeah those are the spaces we're going in it's like these new contemporary like brands trying to like these old brands trying to figure out how to like tap in like contemporary black communities or contemporary audiences in general
0: yeah, Gen yeah. etc yes absolutely that seems to be the brief for many people so <laughs> definitely understand it um so one thank you so much for your time i know you're very very busy uh you know creative individual as well as uh entrepreneur business owner and friend to the world um how you have really built a lane for yourself i think is so impressive not even i think i know i'm sorry i just you know i i just know it is because um i always like to say i think on the shoulders of so many different people within this industry are invisible uh bricks that we often don't talk about or that we can mention, you know what I mean? But it's just like I I, I I I get it, you know. But to that standpoint, if you were going to rebuild your foundation, um, you know, for let's just say for the next six months, uh, knowing that we're halfway through the year and on each building block you were to put one word in order to you know grow and support you what are those three words that you would select to build your new foundation
1: um i would say probably uh take it slow
0: oh okay (laughs) <laughs> i love that i love
1: that <laughs> i feel okay. like i've been living my life at like a meteor meteoric space like uh like pace excuse me like a meteoric pace and i can feel it in my body i yeah. can feel how like the toll of like the pace i'm moving at and i'm so privileged i'm so privileged to work with the brands and the people and have the types of conversations i do but it's been a slow slow like grind it's been a marathon right and so I think it's giving myself permission and giving everyone else permission to like take it slow
0: yeah yeah I I agree um and also too like I say if I could put a mirror up to anything trust me um there have been several people on this podcast where I haven't asked you this question, but it was just me asking them, are they tired? Um, Just so I could see if I'm the only person that, you know, am. But that I think that that's a thing. And I'm wondering if that is because we, nobody and like no one, I'm saying like, you know, I'm not just talking about black and brown communities, I'm talking about everyone in the world, honestly didn't give ourselves time and space over the last three years, you know, and now yes. I think that it's, 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 it's really hitting everyone. But I also feel like so many where we're all collectively, which I understand are in a state of like, economic recovery, um, to where it's like, we're trying to go back to get things like more lucrative, shall I say, mm-hmm. or even get things moving a certain way. But, you know, just like with any uh really really horrible bruise it takes time to heal yeah
1: yeah and i think emotional recovery is a thing right now as well we're like we were so like so like uh lamented about like the loss like we were all lamenting over the past couple of years but not knowing that we had to grieve everything yeah. we lost like these lived experiences that we had planned and work and salaries these strategic moves and like Life like for everybody. We're like grieving the loss for our our cousins and nieces and nephews, our friends, our colleagues. And it's just like this overwhelming feeling of like, what can I do? And you feel like you can't do anything. And then you realize, wait, I haven't done anything. And like what what have I been doing? And you're like reflecting. And I think everyone's just coming into this space where they're learning how to love themselves again. Like what does it look what does it look like to love myself post 2020? Yes. Cuz I love myself very differently t- before 2020 and I ain't like how I have to love myself. So how can I be cute? <laughs> <laughs> I love myself a little differently post
0: 2022. <laughs> love that. Um anything, you know, before you before you go that you want to leave our listeners with?
1: Yeah, man, turn up the volume on volume on like loving yourself at work. Like turn it all the way up like all the way up please because if your workplace doesn't admire that and and, and enable that you're at the wrong workplace right like find places where you can feel safe and free your whole self because yeah man we're here to do work but we're also here to love ourselves and love our lives every fucking day
0: every day all day nate i appreciate you coming on the show um, I wish you nothing but the best on the path forward and also to the you know, the things that you have coming up in the next couple of days. So, you know, continue to be exactly who you are. You don't need me to tell you that, but I just want to let you know that it's um it's definitely an inspiration to to many people. So thank you so much. Appreciate you, I do. Absolutely. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. As always, stay safe. Drink a ton of water and remember that you deserve a dose of Black joy and caffeine. Until next time, I am adieu.